Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. Today on the show, at about 5.15, we're going to try and create our own undercard here for this Tommy Fury and Jake Paul fight because I, I, I'm i I'm not going to pay for it. I, I'm personally not as of right now. But what the goal of that segment is going to be is to try and create an undercard in which I would pay for it. Do I have a set number? No, I just have a list of fights that I would want to see within sports, thanks to Darren Williams and Frank Gore, since that got released. So that's coming up at 5.15. Got the doghouse at 5.35. And we'll talk a little Warriors uh, coming up later on in the show. But I did want to start out this segment with the 49ers. But before we get to that, before we get to Trey Lance, whether he should start or not, because we've had a couple of our 95-7 The Game NFL insiders in Brian Baldinger and Michael Irvin who believe that Trey Lance should play. We'll get to that in a second, but just a couple of things to happen last night. Let's start off with the San Jose Sharks. Arabanov trying to get his wits about him after that hit from the big Russian. That's Couture! Scores! And Logan Couture would make that game 2-1 as the Sharks get the win over the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames, uh, before this game, were 7-1-3 on the season. They've had seven wins, one loss, and three losses in overtime, which is good for second in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, the Sharks have been without their head coach due to COVID-19, and they've been bringing in these younger players. And I was at the game on October 30th. It was against the Jets, and the two games that I've been to this season were both against the Jets. It's like I'm a big West Side Story fan. It's like, yeah, I only go to Jets versus Sharks games. But uh, they won both of them. And ever since Bob Bugner, the head coach, has been gone, 
they've gone three and two so far while also having an overtime loss in the process. So they've managed to gain uh, not only seven points, but they've been doing it against teams who are pretty good. And what's cool about that goal, and the thing that I do love about hockey, we remember that Game 7 against the Vegas Golden Knights when they came back, and really what sparked that comeback was the hit on Joe Pavelski, the dirty hit on Joe Pavelski. Whether it should have been a major penalty for five minutes, that's a discussion that simply should have been had two years ago. That's not going to be had now. But that's why they're able to come back and beat the Golden Knights in that game. In this game, this big dude, Zadaroff from the Calgary Flames, absolutely annihilates one of the young guys whose name is escaping me right now. Just destroys him. And really, it looked like it could have been elbowing. He looked like he should have gotten a penalty for it. I don't know. There's not going to be any repercussions for it because this is hockey and he's a much taller guy. And really the way that uh, science works, <laughs> the way that physical science works, it's only bound to happen that he's going to you know, possibly hit him in the head when he hits him just because of the height differential. But right after that, Couture goes ahead and scores that goal to make it 2-1. And then they'd end up getting an empty netter when the when the when the Flames would take their goalie out, leave an empty net with about a minute fifty left in the game. And Tomash Hurdle had one of the sweetest empty net goals that I've seen. He chased after the puck, chased it down, and somehow managed to wrap it around into the empty net while beating the Flames player on essentially what was a skating race. So you had that happen last night. Shout out to the Sharks, man. They're, even though their head coach has been out and really all things have been going against them and not much has been expected of them uh, this season, I think that uh, they've outperformed expectations so far at the beginning of this year. One other thing that I do want to acknowledge from last night. I'm sure we all had our eyes on the Wichita State versus Jacksonville State game in college basketball. Uh, No, we didn't. But college basketball started yesterday. Of course, Duke-UNC is always the headliner. But something happened prior to that game with Wichita State when it was tied 57-57 to in the second half. Just listen to this call. Joe Pleasant got to the basket, made a really tough play. So it looks like Wichita State is just going to attack here and not call a timeout. It's going to be Etienne to make the decision. A logo three! Oh my goodness! There's- 1.6 left on the clock. Etienne from 35 feet. Oh my goodness. That's a pretty good play to run to win the ball game. Now that's a really cool, that that was cool. That's a cool moment. Whenever you see someone hit a logo like, a logo shot like that, it's a pretty cool moment. Now we've seen the Steph Curry effect take place within the NBA, right? Trey Young, up-and-comer who Steph just showed him what was up in that last game against the Hawks. Dame Lillard, one of those guys who I don't want to say has shaped his game totally after Steph, but I do think Steph gave him the confidence to take these pull-up threes from the logo in the middle of a game. But now you're seeing it happen within the college ranks. Now, Trey Young was doing it back when he was at Oklahoma, and he was just putting up these deep threes, and you're thinking, okay, this guy could be the next Steph Curry. But We're seeing this happen in a Wichita State game in the beginning of the year. The first game of the season. And what I can guarantee you is that 
We're going to be seeing more of these. We're going to be seeing more of these. The fact that these logo shots have become prevalent among basketball, not just within the college ranks, but also within the NBA, you got to look no further than one Stephen Curry in order to do so. That is the guy who has inspired that. So anytime I see a logo shot like that, I, I, I think to myself, man, that's got to be Steph who's, who, who impacted that. That's got to be a player who was watching Steph growing up and thinking, you know what, I could do that. I'm going to be taking shots from that far deep, you know, from 40 feet. And not only that, it wasn't that great of a shot if you're if you're really looking at it because they had plenty of time running on the clock. They had plenty of time. They had over 10 seconds. You could easily run a play within that time, but instead they 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 decide to run iso ball and the point guard decides, "You know what? Instead of trying to create a play out of this, move off the ball, we we're I'm in an iso position instead of trying to get to the hoop where it's a tie game, I only need 2 points." I'm going to take a shot from the logo because I have the confidence that I could knock it down. <laughs> it's, I, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know. There's always those shots at the end of these games where we, we have that conversation, which is more exciting. The ninth inning home run or the, you know, the buzzer beater at the fourth quarter, the third period, the, the, the hockey, the goal at the end of the game. I don't know, whatever it is. But man, when you see a logo shot to close it out, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Uh, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. wanted to transition to this for a few minutes, but I want to know from you, do you want to see Trey Lance play? And if so, how much? Do you want to see him start, or do you want to see Trey Lance play part-time if you're a 49er fan? At 888-957-9570. Because Brian Baldinger, of course you know him from NFL Network. He's a 95.7 The Game NFL insider. He has been very critical of the 49ers for these past few weeks, and I haven't heard him this critical of the team before, but he was talking about how the offense looks stale. The fact that Kyle Shanahan's play calling isn't what it used to be, and you know they're, they're not running so much play action anymore. It's a lot from the shotgun, and it's just these short passes, predictable passes. But then he also mentions this with Trey Lance and what the rest of the season means, because... People are asking, what do you have left to play for? And the number one answer that everyone could think of is, well, we got to play for Trey Lance. And Brian Baldinger agrees. To me, this has got to be about Trey. I'm not saying they're out of it at 3-5. and five. It's it's a long shot. But to me, the Bears are doing it at least the right way. They, the offense looked good in the second half last night. The quarterback is just electric. Mm-hmm. And you can see the whole team is feeding off it. To me, that's, that's what's missing. You just don't have that juice from that position. And if the pocket begins to collapse like it did a few times, the quarterback's going down. He's getting sacked. He's not escaping the rush. He's just not going to do it and make some sensational play. That's what you saw from Justin Fields last night, and that's where it begins. You, you made two trades to go up there and get him. To me, you just have to play him at yeah. this point. And then the morning roast followed up with, well, do you start him against the Rams? I would play him. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a great defense, and, you know, uh, some elect, you know, Von Miller's going to make his debut. I, I don't know if I want to put him out there full-time <laughs> against that group right away, but I would definitely put him on the field and play him for sure. I've just seen Justin Fields go from being literally – couldn't complete a third down throw to save his life against Cleveland, to now in Pittsburgh against a great defense carving him up in the second half. And that's only by playing, believing in him, building around him, figuring out what he's good at, putting him in a good position, you know, and just staying with him. 
So this is where it gets interesting because Mike McGlinchey unfortunately tore his quad and is out for the season as we got that news after the game. And when they put in Tom Compton at right tackle, well, that didn't work out too well. And we saw Marcus Golden continue to put pressure on him because he's one of the most underrated edge rushers, Marcus Golden of the Arizona Cardinals, of course. But when you're going up against the Rams, you're going to be seeing uh, you're going to be seeing Aaron Donald. I don't know if Von Miller is going to suit up. There's a possibility you could be seeing him. But you're seeing a Rams team, which has always been very formidable in the pass rush. And this is where it gets interesting to me. Because I'm hearing the term a lot. There's You always hear these new phrases every single year with certain players. Uh, with James Wiseman, for example, when he was getting called up, I had never heard the phrase, he runs like a deer, more than I'd heard it with James uh, James Wiseman. Never heard. Every, every single person we brought on this station, you know, one of these uh, draft experts, college basketball experts, all that stuff, they would say he runs like a deer, runs the floor like a deer. Like, what does that even mean? Are deer, are, are deer that fast? Can we come up with another animal? But I've also heard with Trey Lance a lot of, well, you're going to throw him to the wolves if they do play the Rams. And here's where I'm at. If you're not willing to play a player in general in the NFL because you're scared he's going to get hit, then what are we doing? Then what are we doing? I understand that you're throwing him to the wolves if you're bringing him in too soon and you are risking injury, but at this point, maybe it is what Trey Lance needs. Maybe he needs to feel his way in the pocket. Because one of the things that Tom Brady is so good at, hell, Colt McCoy was great with this in that last game, and that was evading pressure, being able to feel it coming. You know, whether it's from his blind side, whether he's able to see it from his front side when he's going through his projections, whatever it is, but it's a total feel thing. And I don't think, I'm not going to act like I'm some expert in developing quarterbacks, but if I had to guess, I don't think that developing a quarterback works when you're on the sideline in terms of being able to feel pressure understanding when to run when the when it's the smart time to possibly pass the ball instead like Brian Baldinger mentioned he used Justin Fields as an example I think Justin Fields can be really good um whenever he's making throws past 15 to 20 yards the dude just the dude just zips it he throws it way too hard um he needs to work on that for sure but one thing that has improved with Justin Fields game is understanding when to run and knowing the appropriate time in which, you know, okay, I could stick in the pocket, I got some time here, or, oh no, it's starting to collapse, I gotta break out of this thing, maybe scramble to my right, create a play out of it, maybe try and run for a first down, run out of bounds, whatever it may be. Hell, on a fourth down play when I'm in the red zone and I'm playing the 49ers, I realize, oh, this might be a good time to run here. Also, I got I got Eric Armstead right in front of my face, whoop, evade that. Like, I think that's the type of thing that experience would help with Trey Lance. Um, so I think at this point, you just play him. You know, and, and it's not like Garoppolo had a terrible game against the Cardinals. It's not like he even had a bad game. He was okay in that one. But one of the knocks on Garoppolo, and this is something that we always talked about in that 2019 season, is they were not playing down by multiple scores 
down by two possessions, I'll say that, down by two possessions very often that year. So it was a question mark as to whether Garoppolo could bring that team back. I don't know if Garoppolo is that guy, and I don't think Garoppolo is that guy. I understand there were the two fumbles, the one by George Kittle and then the one by Brandon Ayuk in the first half, but outside of those two possessions, you got to get a score in some fashion, and some of that goes to Kyle Shanahan and the play calling because he wasn't sticking with the run for whatever reason and wasn't running play action, even though it felt like Elijah Mitchell was posing as a running threat. But at this point in the season, not going to say all is lost here because it's the NFL and anything can happen. I mean, look at this past week. Maybe Daylight Savings had something to do with the fact that the NFL was damn near drunk this weekend. That's what it felt like the NFL was. Anything could happen for the rest of the season, but as the Cardinals are 8-1 and one, and then the Rams are 7-2 and two, and the Cardinals have a very winnable game to possibly go 9-1 and one, and um, and, and I know these teams, even the Rams, for example, they seem to be deteriorating, but they still have a good record. It doesn't look like you're going to be able to squeeze your way in unless it's through the wild card. And even so, because it's those five teams in the NFC, it's still just those five teams with the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Cardinals. The rest, I think it's all up for grabs. I still think it is uh, within the NFC. But those last two spots, it's going to be hard for the 49ers to get. And really, I'm just at the point now where I think if you put Trey Lance in, it's been jumbled from the start. It might not be a good time even to put him in, but at least give him some sort of play, uh, some sort of packages now, some sort of run on the field. Instead of just him standing on the sideline and seeing the worst out of the 49er fan base. Because the 49er fan base, I'm seeing it after the first possession of a game. I'm looking on Twitter and everyone's all angry. Everyone's saying, oh man, game's already lost when the Cardinals went and scored on that first drive. Like, it's 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 brutal. But also, I don't know. I don't know because they're going to have somebody different starting at right tackle. You do run that risk of injury from the four one five Lance to start, but don't play him like his last start. Don't want an RG three injury, and that's 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 one thing that could be an issue. Kyle Shanahan overcompensates and runs what? I mean, I know he had sixteen carries in that game, but how many of them were designed runs? Like in the double digits, maybe twelve were designed runs in that game out of his sixteen carries. So you don't want to do that. You got to be delicate with it. Kyle Shanahan has to be smart with it. But at this point, you don't really have much to lose, in my opinion, except for you can develop this quarterback who you're hoping to be the franchise guy moving forward. All right. 888 That's the text line and the phone number. I'm sure we've all seen the news about Darren Williams, former NBA player, and then Frank Gore. They're going to be facing off in the undercard for Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. But I wanted to build on that undercard. I wanted to have a fun segment here at 888-957-9570. I want to know from you, who do you want in that undercard? If you had to choose two figures in sports, could be athletes, could be family members, whoever it is. If you had to choose two guys in sports or women, whoever it is, and you want to see them in an undercard for Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul, who would it be? 888-957-9570. That's the text line to the phone number. I got a few written down here. We'll get to that next. Steve Lightford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. Wanted to have some fun this segment because we are getting some pretty good responses here. From the 925, I want to see Jokic versus Morris. From the 510, I want to see Stephen A versus Skip Bayless. From the 831, I want to see Kim Kardashian versus Paris Hilton. (laughs) Who would you want to see in this undercard for... Tommy Fury and Jake Paul because we got the news yesterday that Darren Williams and Frank Gore are going to be involved in this and prior to that we had Logan Paul going up against Floyd Mayweather and what they did in the undercard there was they put Chad Ochocinco up against a former I believe he was a I believe he was an MMA fighter if I'm not mistaken I hadn't heard of him prior to that but Chad Ochocinco was the draw and to be honest the Darren Williams and, and Frank Gore, I'd, I'd watch the fight, but it's not going to get me to pay for these. These, it's not going to get me to pay for Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out on that. I'm, I'm out on the whole Paul Brothers boxing thing, and I'm not some boxing purist who says this is ruining the sport. And if you do, totally understandable. Um, but I also watched a couple of them. You know, the one with Nate Robinson or uh, the one with, who, who was it, Woodley? I, I've seen, Tyron Woodley. I've seen those before, and I've watched them, and I'm just like, this is just a... This is just watching the Paul brothers really live out their dreams. Like, that's, that's what it is. And so... I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. I'm trying to build an undercard here in order for me 
to pay for this fight. But what would be who would be involved in your undercard if you wanted to pay for the fight? Are you good with just Jared Williams and Frank Gore? Going to be a very interesting tale of the tape there. Frank Gore five nine versus uh, uh, Frank Gore five nine versus Jared Williams who's six three. Very interesting matchup. I can't wait till they put the tail of the tape on the front and you see the graphic and you see the height and the weight and the age and all of that sort of stuff. But I want to know from you, who's the undercard? Because I think the number one that everyone would be thinking is what the 925 mentioned is Jokic versus Morris. And before we get to these others, because I got four others listed here, but... Before we get to that, can we just talk a little bit about what happened here with Jokic and Markeith Morris? So, the Heat are playing the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are destroying them. The Nuggets are destroying them. The Nuggets are up by 17. And Jokic is going one-on-one with Bam Adebayo, and he manages to block his shot, knocks Bam to the ground, and then there's... A, a timeout called. I, I I don't even really know what was going on there. But as Jokic is bringing the ball up the court, Markeith Morris runs from the other side, gives him a cheap shot to the ribs, and then Jokic retaliates, and Jokic knocks him down with a little shoulder shiver. And now we've come to find out that Markeith Morris has been fined $50,000. Meanwhile, Nikola Jokic has been suspended one game for the altercation. But it's not that that we're focused on. It's the fact that Marcus Morris tweeted out, waited till bro turned his back, SMH noted, and then... Nikola Jokic's brothers, who I'm sure you've you've seen before. If you haven't seen them, just search up the YouTube video or search it up on Twitter. Just look up Jokic brothers, and the first video that'll pop up is a former scuffle, uh, a prior scuffle with the Nuggets and whoever else. And you just see the Jokic brothers yelling uh, from the sideline, looking like they're about to get ready to hop on the court. But Marcus Morris tweeted that out. Then the Jokic brothers created an account. Created a Twitter account for this scuffle, and it's at Jokic Brothers. Very simple. Nothing too crazy. At Jokic Brothers. And then they said, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we'll be waiting for you. Jokic Brothers. And maybe I should read that in the appropriate accent. You know, it's it's kind of like the guy from, what is it, Rocky Four? You should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Jokic brothers. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess with them. I wouldn't want to mess with them. But that's what led me to thinking, I wouldn't want to see Jokic versus Morris because Jokic already apologized for it after the game. And there was a little prior beef here and there. But I would pay to see the two Morris brothers, Marcus and Markeith, who are... They, they're, they're, they're some pretty big dudes, and I, there's a story that went around back when they were at Kansas that they fought the Kansas football team. I don't know how many were a part of it, but they said it was like two against ten, and I'd want to see them, though, against the Jokic brothers in a boxing match. It's like a tag team boxing match, if that's even possible. Maybe in a wrestling match, a tag team wrestling match. So that's who I'd put there. I'd put Jokic and Jimmy Butler in that conversation because Jimmy Butler was the one who was mouthing off. And as a matter of fact, he got fined for yelling at the uh, at the Nuggets bench. 
But here are my list of guys that I would want to see in this undercard. Also, other than just the Jokic brothers versus the Morris brothers. Save that money. Lil Dicky. reason I'm playing this is because, really, with these fights that are going on with Darren Williams and Frank Gore, and you're paying to watch Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, take my advice. Save that money. Don't spend it to watch it. However, we're going to try and create an undercard here so that we would spend that money. 888-957-9570. That's the text line to the phone number. Want to know who would your undercard be here? From the 510, Tanya Harding versus Nancy Kerrigan. We already had the Tanya Harding uh, boxing, didn't we? When we have the celebrity death match already with her. Not even just, that's just a show, but also the real live version, the celebrity boxing matches. We already saw Tanya Harding involved in that. From the 415, Pat Bev versus CP3. Actually, one of these ones, that's a good one. Pat Bev versus CP3 is a good one, but one of the guys that I had for CP3, it would be CP3 versus Scott Foster. Because <laughs> Scott Foster is enemy number one in CP3's eyes, and every time that CP3 and his team are in the playoffs and Scott Foster officiates them, we see that record that CP3 has when Scott Foster is officiating his game. He's over. And And... Look, I I think that it would be a fun matchup. CP3 would probably win, but it would be very entertaining. And in that same vein, I also had Cassius Marsh and Tony Carrenti. Carrenti, the ref on Monday Night Football, who hip-checked Marsh after giving him the taunting penalty for doing the roundhouse kick. And I think 49er fans... You know, Cassius Marsh kind of put himself in the national spotlight with that, but 49er fans already know about Cassius Marsh. <laughs> but I want to see him versus that ref, Tony Coretti, who gave him the taunting penalty, hip-checked him, and then proceeded to float the yellow flag in the air. It was, it was an unbelievable play. Unbelievable sequence. Uh, uh, unbelievable sequence. From the 574, Pete Davidson versus Ann Coulter. Wow. Going back to celebrity roasts. From the 650, you had one down for me. You had one down. Michael Crabtree versus Akib Talib. That's one I had written down. Now, I actually wrote Crabtree versus Talib and or Sherman. And Richard Sherman, because nothing's really been solved ever since that. Uh, nothing's really been solved ever since that NFC Championship game. Nothing's ever really been solved. I think we're creating a good undercard here, but some others that I have written down: Brian Bosworth versus Bo Jackson. I think seeing those two guys would be fascinating. Uh, you know, if they, I know they're not exactly in their prime right now, but I understand that they were rivals back in college. And me being 28 years old, I wasn't able to witness that rivalry, um, and I didn't get to see, you know, when they went to the pros and the Raiders were playing the Seahawks, and Bosworth had that chance to tackle him uh, in the red zone. But I would have paid to see that Madison Bumgarner versus Yasiel Puig. I'd pay to see that as an undercard for Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. And then Barry Bonds versus Jeff Kent. I'd pay to watch those two guys right there. I'd pay for those two guys. For the 408, Charles Woodson versus Tom Brady for that tuck rule. (laughs) From the 925, Vin Diesel versus The Rock. Ooh, that'd be an interesting one. Do you see that Vin Diesel Instagram post, by the way? They're going to be filming the 10th and final installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. And Vin Diesel sent out a whole letter on Instagram to... To the Rock, 
But to start out, he says, Dear little brother. And then proceeds to give him all this stuff about how he should come back and join the Fast and Furious team. But he starts out with, Dear little brother. Is that really the smartest thing to do, Vin Diesel? The Rock's like three times bigger than you are. From the 650, Patrick Beverly versus Matthew Dellavedova. <laughs> Couple of Warriors playoff rivals going at it. Couple of the Steph Curry pests in a boxing match. I'd watch that one. I think that'd be a scrap with Patrick Beverly and Matthew Dellavedova. Don't sleep on don't sleep on Australia now. Don't sleep on Australia. From the 510, Jimmy Johnson versus Jerry Jones. Good lord. <laughs> From the 408, if this was possible, KD versus Twitter. From the 510, Steve and I will keep it real. The Morris twins are about that life. Jimmy Butler, I doubt, but I've seen those twins. They are no joke. And that's from Tamir, I know. But that's what would make that's what would make the Morris twins versus the Jokic brothers so compelling. Because it looks like the Jokic brothers are about that life, too. Did anyone see the responses when Jokic knocked down Morris? Because naturally, the conversation that erupts from those types of posts is how they'd fare in a fight. And some people were saying that... Nikola Jokic has grown up fighting bears. I wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> oh, man. From the 707, Draymond Green versus Kendrick Perkins. From the 415, Randy Moss versus Jerry Rice. From the 707, Scooby-Doo versus Astro from the Jetsons. <laughs> then we're seeing Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. Uh, Look, I think we've created an undercard now that we could actually... I think we've created an undercard that we can get behind. I think we have. You know who I wouldn't mind seeing, too, is Rajon Rondo versus Ray Allen. Because you mentioned Draymond Green versus Kendrick Perkins. Well, Kendrick Perkins brought up a story on the All the Smoke podcast uh, when he was back a few months ago. And... He said that in the Celtics locker room, when they were having some dysfunction among the team and some disagreements, well, the way they do it is they duke it out. And Rajon Rondo and Ray Allen were in the locker room, and they apparently had a one-on-one boxing match privately just so they could sort things out, sort out their differences. Now, apparently Rondo won, but I wouldn't mind paying to see that now. Seeing Kevin Garnett in a boxing match would be great. (laughs) Seeing KG there... Oh, man. For the 650. Wow. Oprah versus Godzilla. She wouldn't box him, but she'd just put him on a couch, interview him, and possibly make him cry. <laughs> uh, for the 510, Josh Norman versus OVJ. Wow. Some some bad blood from the Panthers versus New York Giants days. I'm not mad at that one. I'm not mad at that one. For the 510, Grant Coe versus Shanty from Zucci, Maine. <laughs> Oh man! No, no. Grant Cohn's been keeping it real this season. He's been keeping it real. This is where this is where he's starting to shine. From the five one zero, Dennis Rodman versus Metal World Peace. That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. But this all stems from this this fight that's going to be happening this weekend with Tommy Fury and Jake Paul, and officially in the undercard are Darren Williams and Frank Gore. I think Frank Gore is going to win. That'd be who my money's on. I'm not necessarily looking forward to it. It's not like I'm going to pay for it. If anything, I'm probably just going to stream it. But man, it, 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 these fights, like this is the reason why we're doing this is cuz we're trying to create an undercard that we'd actually pay for. These fights 
They're, they're not exactly, hey, take my money. Like, what happened last weekend in the UFC between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington and that Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, those types of fights? All right, yeah, take my money. But this one, nah, I, just out on it. Just out on it. Take my advice, folks. Save that money. Save that money. I spent a Sunday night trying to watch Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, and it turned into nothing besides Floyd Mayweather doing what Floyd does and just playing defense against Logan Paul. And then Logan Paul at the end, even though he lost, talking about how he still won even though he lost. And I'm just like, I don't need to see the, I don't need to see the Paul brothers live out their dream of becoming pro boxers. I just don't need to see that. All right, coming up next... The doghouse. Haven't had that in a while, but Shanahan, we haven't heard so much about his doghouse lately, but I felt like at the beginning of the season, when we were hearing so much about Brandon Ayuk being in the doghouse, I felt, you know what? I want a doghouse. And I feel like the listeners want a doghouse. Who's in your doghouse for this week at 888-957-9570? That's the text line and the phone number. We'll talk about that and some Warriors on the other side. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I think we solved it, everybody. I think we solved it. I think we created an undercard for Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury that I think we can all get behind. Some of my favorite responses were Stephen A. versus Skip Bayless. I love that one. I think that'd be I think that'd be hilarious to watch. And also <laughs> seeing those videos of Stephen A doing his boxing training and all that. Well, I think that'd be hilarious. But also I do want to see Mark Heath and Marcus Morris both square off with the Jokic brothers. I think that'd be a matchup. I think that would be a good matchup. I don't know if we could create a tag team boxing match. Maybe in the undercard of a boxing match, we'd have a tag team wrestling match. But I will say this, and we will get to the doghouse, because I only got a few written down here. And, and these ones are three, uh, four relatively simple ones. Who's in your doghouse at 888-957-9570? But the thing with Jokic and Morris, and I want to put a bow on it, is that this team? These teams are going to be playing each other again in three weeks, and the shot by Markeith Morris to Nikola Jokic—it didn't nearly have the impact on Jokic as Jokic's uh, shoulder shiver had on Morris. Not nearly the type of impact, but it was still a cheap shot. It was Jokic playing some good defense on Bam Adebayo, and if you watch that entire sequence, you see Morris. Come all the way from really the half court line, run toward Nikola Jokic, and instead of actually going for the ball, he just straight up goes for his ribs and, and, and takes a cheap shot. And then Nikola Jokic retaliates, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dilute how bad Jokic's foul was, but still there was something that instigated it. And I, I do think that the I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm one to judge whether the punishments fit the crimes as Jokic got suspended for a game and Morris has gotten fined $50,000. But I will say that this type of thing in sports, this physicality, this aggression, this, this, uh, this loyalty, I guess I'd say, to their respective teams and to their players, 
This is something that makes the games that much more entertaining. Now, luckily, nobody got hurt. They brought out the stretcher for Mer- for Morris just as a precaution. And no one got seriously injured, but now we can look forward to three weeks later. And I'm not going to act like I know there's plenty of. I'm not going to act like I know there's plenty. Uh, 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 I'm not going to act like I know every game on the NBA ske- on the NBA schedule for the next three weeks. I'm sure if I were to look through it all, there'd be a few games that I would circle. But on that third week, when we do see the Nuggets versus the Heat, that's when I'm going to be circling. That's when I'm going to be circling. I, I can't wait to see that game. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch how these two teams respond. Are they going to is it going to be a physical game where it's just nothing but, you know, two teams who hate each other? Is it going to be, look, we're going to beat you with our heads down. We're going to beat you by getting this W. We're not going to try and, and, and fight you. We're not going to all be at your locker room. Kind of like that photo for the Heat. There's a couple of, you know, there's there's a, there's a been a couple of photos this season which can be kind of iconic. One being a still shot of Carl Anthony Towns in that last game to send the game into overtime. Uh, could be that one against Memphis. But then there's that one with the security guard in front of all those Heat players who are just waiting in the locker room. But I just think this brings more intrigue. And, and, you know, you don't like to see the violence happen, but I do think it's something where you're seeing these guys who are motivated and care so much at this point in the season about their own teams. I I, I think it makes for a fascinating matchup. So I can't wait to see uh, the Nuggets versus the Heat in three weeks' time. All right. Let's transition here. Who is in your doghouse for this week? 888-957-9570. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but this is the doghouse. Let me tell you, it ain't no fun being in the doghouse. I put Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly in there the first week I did it. They still haven't got out. They're still fighting. (laughs) They're still fighting in the doghouse right now. It's not a fun place to be. So in my doghouse, though, number one, and I'm going to keep it with within Bay Area sports here for the first two, and then the next couple uh, might be some obvious ones. But the first two and number one being D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. That game plan, we're focusing so much on the offense and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and rightfully so. I think that's the conversation moving forward. I think it's officially time to have that conversation of, oh, should we start Garoppolo or Trey Lance? But one story from that game was the fact that Colt McCoy was able to go 22 for 26 against the 49ers defense. But time and time again... When the 49ers would get some pressure, when the pocket would collapse, I do give Colt McCoy a lot of credit for being able to evade that pressure. But when he would, when he'd break out of the pocket, he'd just have someone wide open underneath to go for a first down. That's why Christian Kirk was able to get nine receptions on his nine targets because all of those probably, I I don't even know the number. I'm sure they had an average depth of like three yards. The receptions for Christian Kirk. I mean, I know he had a couple of nice plays here and there, a couple of nice deep throws, but for most, for the most part, the 49ers were playing in such a way where last week they were saying, look, we're not preparing for Colt McCoy. We're going to prepare as if Kyler Murray's going to start just in case, which is the smart thing to do, but you also got to be ready for the backup quarterback, and they just weren't ready for that. 
we've seen this all the time. We've seen this where backup veteran QBs come in and they light it up just because the defense isn't prepared. And I put that on D'Amico Ryans. Now, granted, the pass rush didn't get there as often as it should have. And when it did, Colt McCoy was able to break outside the pocket. But I I, got to look at D'Amico Ryans on that one and think something's got to be up there. And this defense against the run hasn't looked the same. And to that same token, in the doghouse, it's not only D'Amico Ryans, but it's Drake Kirkpatrick as well. If you're going to be taking something like that from Eno Benjamin, a truck stick like that, where he just runs right into the end zone. Granted, Emmanuel Mosley and that missed tackle that he had on James Conner early on in the game, brutal. But that one by Kirkpatrick, that was for everybody to see. That was just straight up one on one, mano a mano. You're going up against, you're going face up against this dude, and he got trucked. He got lit up. So right now, Kirkpatrick is in the doghouse. Next up in the doghouse, the ace front office. The A's front office, they didn't extend the qualifying offer to Mark Canna. No, it's no surprise. Everyone's going to text in at the text line at 888-957-9570 that nobody's surprised that this is happening. You know, we saw what happened with Marcus Simeon last season where they weren't willing to give him a contract. The only guy they gave a big contract to, it feels like in the past 10 years, are Chris Davis and Billy Butler when they gave him a three-year, $30 million deal. But... The fact that they extended, they didn't extend that qualifying offer to a guy in Mark Canna who has been an Iron Man of sorts for them. Same kind of thing with Marcus Simeon, who would just play every single game. Mark Canna was that way too, and you could play him in all places in the outfield. Didn't trade him at the deadline, so maybe you'd think, oh, they're going to keep him there. But instead, it didn't happen. And then they also put all their players on the trading block, saying that these guys are up for it's up for uh, it's up for conversation whether you want to sign them or not. And I'm just like, you know, Chris Bassett was on that list. I'm like Chris Bassett, the guy who's your number one pitcher, are you just in total rebuild mode? I don't know what direction they're headed in, and really, what direction it seems like they're headed in right now is Nevada with a team that's still being built up. Still being built up. And I, I, I don't know what to make of this A's front office anymore. We shouldn't be surprised because it's been going on for the past however many years. We've seen it for the past 10 years, every single season. They just let players walk or trade them away. But right now, the A's front office is in my doghouse. Next up, Tony Carretti, that ref from Monday Night Football. I mentioned that I'd want to see him versus Cassius Marsh in the undercard for Tommy Vieri versus Jake Paul. But Tony Carrenti making the game all about him. And if this didn't really have, and, and this had an impact on it. And if this didn't have an impact, it would still be a story because Cassius Marks make, Marsh makes a play, does the, the, does the roundhouse kick as a celebration, and then. The ref, Tony Carrenti, proceeds to stick his hip out, which seemed pretty advertent, seemed pretty intentional. Hip checks Cassius Marsh, then proceeds to throw the taunting flag and give him 15 yards. I, 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 I mean, Tony Carrenti, what are you doing? And, and these refs, the taunting penalties have gone down since the beginning of the season. You know, the trajectory of it has gone down, but 
whenever we see these taunting penalties, it, it just feels like it gets more ridiculous. But the way that that was handled and the way that he so proudly threw up the penalty flag, I think Tony Carrente has made himself ref enemy number one within the NFL. And my last one is Aaron Rodgers. It may seem like an obvious one, and I understand everybody uh, saying that, you know, he's a free thinker and, you know, he's thinking for himself and all this stuff. But what information he was spewing last week on the Pat McAfee show and just uh, just this stuff you hear where he says, oh, well, you know, I I talked to Joe Rogan and. Then you're thinking, okay, Joe Rogan, this dude who people take advice from for I don't know what reason, because Joe Rogan has a podcast, which quite frankly, I listened to at the start of the pandemic. It was putting me at ease a little bit because I didn't know what news to believe. And it wasn't at the point where we were getting through these controversial topics. He was more just talking to people and we were hearing their experiences with it. And I was very interested in that. But then when it got to everything with the masks and him continuing to contradict himself and then all all this stuff with you know injecting himself with medication that's meant for horses i mean i'm just totally out on that instead of listening to actual scientists and doctors and then aaron Rodgers, whenever he comes off as smarter than everybody normally it's when he's talking football i'm okay with that but then when he comes off with oh i'm smarter than you when we're in this time in covid19 when not many of us know really what's going on. It just it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I've always been a, a Rodgers fan. I think people have treated him uh, unfairly prior to this. But now the fact that he just completely lied and then he admitted it after he's getting some endorsements taken away. Taken away I don't know if he's going to get L. Odell Beckham on the Green Bay Packers, but he's and I don't know when he's going to come back to the field. But just just tired of Aaron Rodgers at this point. I don't want to hear from him anymore. I'm just uh, I'm just bored of it. Bored of hearing Aaron Rodgers just drool on about this stuff and you know trying to act like he's smarter than everybody when it comes to science and health. That's it for the Doc House, everybody. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah, all right. Where's the round of applause button? I can't even find it right now. Okay, I got it. Here we go. Yeah. All right, now let's get to the Warriors. Let's close it out here because Bonte Hill and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky on the morning roast, they have a certain somebody named Joe Lacob who's going to be joining the program in studio at 815. Joe Lacob at 8.15, everybody. So in about eh, two hours and 20 minutes, we're going to be seeing Joe Lacob in studio, which is going to be awesome today. But this team, and what I've realized after they went 9-1, and one, and we've been a day removed from Steph Curry and his 50-burger that he dropped against the Hawks, I think one thing I've realized is if you don't think the national media is starting to give this team some love, then you are sorely mistaken. Because right now, I've never seen the national media react to the Warriors like they're reacting to them right now. We're already seeing from Stephen A. Smith that if they stay healthy, they could be a championship team. By the time Klay Thompson and Wiseman comes back, everybody, it's not just Warrior fans, everybody is mentioning how it's just nothing but a luxury at this point to have those guys. They can't make your team any worse. I did bring that up yesterday. I was like, what if they do? But I'm not saying they will. 
but everyone seems to be really high on them right now. And they got a matchup tonight with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves started out hot. They won three of their first four games, and then they've lost five straight, their last one being an OT to Memphis. Um, This Timberwolves team... You know, you got D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, Malik Monk, who's a, or excuse me, Malik Beasley, who's a nice, a good enough player. Um, you know, they got Jaden McDaniel, who's one of their starters. He's a six nine guy, but can't really score too well. I'm looking forward to this game, but what's fascinating to me so far through this tenth game of the season is that they have officially solidified themselves as what looks like the most complete team within the NBA right now. And it feels like there's so much dysfunction within every team toward the top of these conferences. You know, with what's going on with the Nets and James Harden and Kevin Durant, the Nets have been worse with James Harden and KD on the floor at the same time. I think the number, uh, their net point total was at minus five when KD and James Harden are on the floor at the same time. And conversely, when it's just KD on the floor, they're at plus 28. That's saying something. You know, the the Lakers don't know what's going on with them. I never know what's going on with them. The Lakers, they just got a bunch of veterans. Uh, The Clippers, not sure what's going on with Kawhi. Like, there are plenty of teams right now the Jazz, the Jazz look good. I'll give the Jazz that. I think the Jazz are a good-looking team over there, over in the Western Conference too. But the Timberwolves, they're an up-and-coming team who, from the five one zero, feels like a trap game. They could possibly be a trap game. But one clip I want to play before I get out of here is Steve Kerr, Warriors head coach. He was on with Damon and Ratto for his weekly interview, and here's what he had to say about this team. This is how it should be for the Warriors with Steph Curry and Draymond Green leading the way. I mean, this is. This is how it should feel. I think it felt this way the last 20 games of last year. The the joy from the crowd, you know, when we got a crowd over the last four or five games, whatever it was, it just feels right. That's the main thing. We've got uh, a team that looks after each other. Um, It's a deep team. There's a lot of weapons, a lot of different options for us as a coaching staff and a and a group that's really unselfish and connected. So I'm I'm excited uh, for the team, and I'm excited for our fans because I I think they're really enjoying watching this group play. And, and you know what? It's it's been a joy so far. And I'm not going to go so far to say they're going to be Western Conference finalists or they're on the fast track to a championship. But I I do think that they have put themselves in a really good spot right now to where Clay Thompson and James Wiseman can return. And not only are they going to be in a spot where they can help the team, but just make them better overall. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.